Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Flying solo today, Justin uh, had quite a hectic day going on. We were going to try to push the episode to later. We usually record around 2.30 Central Time. We are going to do it at, at 6 o'clock, but then something came up with his uh, kid not feeling well. One of his Brady Bunch kids, I don't know, not feeling too well, so... So uh, he couldn't make it, but there's just so much going on this week, like today uh, and late yesterday, I guess there was a bunch of stories that broke and I didn't really want to wait till Friday to try to cram everything into one episode. So I am flying solo, a little uh, blast from the past, some old school peddling fiction, just me and my microphone talking to myself in a room like a lunatic. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, when were you guys going to fucking tell me that the intro was all messed up? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I So I have a template, right, that I use to uh, produce the show. And I got a new computer set up, a new laptop, uh, like a month ago, a little over a month ago. And I had to transfer all of the files over. It took me fucking forever to figure out. You guys know that I am literally retarded when it comes to this stuff. So basically when you have these audio files, it, like even if you're, you have your template saved in this program, I use Hindenburg by the way, which is a, a really good program if you're uh, technologically illiterate like I am. But even if you, so like, you know, you bring over all of your Hindenburg files, if they're, uh, you know, sound files, there's just um, like a blank space roped off inside of the program if you open up the the template because you have to bring the sound files over that they're pulling from that makes sense if i'm describing that correctly and i had all the sound files on my old computer obviously because that's where i you know put this all together well it's i've had to carry it across a bunch of different um platforms because i've been moving around so much but so i bring all the the files over and usually when you bring the once you bring over the audio file to the to the actual laptop the um the sound will fill into those blank spaces so i did that and everything looked good i never actually listened to the full intro until just now because i'm recording inside the program a lot like we're doing zoom calls for the most part um for the uh the regular podcast that i do with justin so i take the the zoom audio file and i just drop it into my template line everything up and then i'm good to go so i never really listened to the whole intro but now that i'm recording directly into my file 
I played the intro music so I can kind of get into the rhythm of the show and everything like that. And the last two Trump quotes were cut off and it was just like the the music was playing over itself. It's been doing that for like a fucking month. Nobody decided to bring it up to me. God damn. God damn it. I can't believe nobody pointed that out. Um, especially Sean. What the fuck, Sean? Come on, man depend on you for these kinds of things um you know honestly he he might have and uh just i'm just really not good at checking things but i feel like somebody should have pointed out that the greatest intro in the history of podcast was all fucked up for the last month so i do apologize for that it should be good now i think i got everything fixed but you know that fuck that took me like a half hour to get figured out so once again i'm behind schedule anyway uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. I, uh, there's just so much fucking craziness going on today. I, I, I'm not even sure where to begin. I think, I think I'm going to start with this Donald Trump fraud ruling from this judge. The judge's name, I'm probably going to butcher it, but I don't see why that's a fucking problem. This guy seems like a complete piece of shit. <laughs> Anybody that can just come up with this type of ruling and steal your company out from under you, I don't think deserves the respect of me figuring out how to pronounce his name properly. So I'm sure you guys have been, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you are familiar with the charges being brought the fraud, fraudulent charges being brought to Donald Trump in New York. We went over those on this podcast back when they were happening, uh, when he was indicted in New York in real time. I uh, went through them in excruciating detail as to how they are came complete bullshit. And this is, I mean, this is shocking even for this whole ridiculousness that that is the indictments of Donald Trump. I mean, this ruling, so this came down, this is a, a summary judgment, which, you know, I'm no lawyer, but it's basically like, so there's no jury. Um, there wasn't even a full trial. It's basically one side um, puts forth this motion for a summary judgment and they pre present evidence to the judge and the judge can look at it, I guess, and decide whether or not he or she thinks it's just overwhelming and we don't even need to have a trial on this. I can just decide it right now. So he looks at it and he just bangs his gavel. You're liable for fraud. Uh, what kind of fraud has Donald Trump been committing? Well, he's been inflating his assets to get bank loans, I guess is is essentially what this judge um arthur engeron he's a democrat shocking uh out of new york he came up with a 35 page ruling he found that um over the course of his business ventures in new york that donald trump and the trump organization inflated their real estate holdings they overvalued their real estate holdings when they were trying to get uh, when they were trying to secure financing for loans. So if you're getting a loan against your, you know, your house or something, the more your house is valued, the bigger the loan you can get, maybe the lower the rate, you can get a lower rate or something like that. And that's essentially what he's been doing with his properties. He's allegedly been overvaluing them. Now, the, like I said, there was no trial. 
there was no jury. This is just a judge in New York that can just make this decision, apparently. Um, there were no, as far as I know, all of these loans um, were paid back in full. Uh, there was no defaults. Uh, there was no, there were, there's no victim here, really. Um, I don't even understand what the, what, like what they're trying to get at here. I mean, if you, if you really think about it, like, first of all, these are, these are banks, right? These are the big banks, these sophisticated financial institutions, which, um, th the entire banking system is a fraud, by the way. So it, it's just, it's so fucking ironic to, look at these charges being brought like they, they just love the word fraud because when the average lemming the average person most of which are lemmings here's the word fraud they think of an actual fraud someone who you know lies to you in order to take advantage of you and and like pull one over on you right and they're thinking oh he's a fucking fraud and donald trump's a fraud like listen every every president ever could and should be charged with fraud. Every politician, for that matter, uh, with the exception of Ron Paul, is a fucking fraud. I mean, he's literally like the only one that is not a fraud. Um, maybe a Thomas Massey. I don't know if he's been around long enough to have a track record like the, the fucking great Ron Paul. All of these politicians lied to you constantly. I mean, look at every presidential campaign versus how they actually govern when they get elected. Uh, same holds true for every fucking politician. I mean, that's what makes a politician a politician. They're, they're all frauds. That's, that's the job, is to be a fraud, to lie in order to get elected and then rule over the people as you see fit. Uh, so it is just unbelievably rich for them to bring charges of fraud. But they love that word because now the NPCs the the Trump derangement syndrome NPCs can just Donald Trump's uh, liable for fraud. They'll say convicted of fraud, but I think he's just found liable. This is this is a civil proceeding. It's not a criminal court uh, court proceeding. It's it's civil, and it's a summary judgment. I mean, this is, dude, this is fucking crazy that they can do this to someone. I mean, forget forget the name Donald Trump for a second. Let's just say we're talking about an American. An American businessman, okay, goes before court. The, the state of New York says, we think this guy has been committing fraud. How's he been committing fraud? Well, he's been overinflating, overvaluing his real estate holdings in order to get larger bank loans. There's no trial. There's no jury. You're not allowed to really present evidence. I, I don't know exactly how these summary judgments play out. I think you have to agree to certain terms, like certain indisputable facts, and then you just sort of throw yourself at the mercy of this judge's opinion. I don't understand why the Trump organization even agree. I think you have to, do you have to agree to it? I don't know. I should probably consult an attorney on this because I don't exactly know how this plays out in court, but I know that it sounds like complete bullshit to me, like where you just, one side can just be like, here are the indisputable facts, and the other side doesn't like... I guess you get to present your argument, but if the judge is not interested in it, he's just going to, if he's one of these fucking corrupt, uh, you know, Manhattan fucking liberal judges that everybody in Manhattan fucking hates Donald Trump. We get it. Um, they're just going to decide 
based on what they want to do. And all of these people ran on getting Trump and we all know that stuff. Okay. But let's just say as an American businessman, you go before the court and they accuse you of fraud and the judge rules without, uh, without a trial, without a jury of your peers or anything like that, that you are guilty of fraud. He bangs his gavel. He revokes your license, I, I, um, your, what do they call it? A charter or something? I got a, a business certificate. It cancels your business certificate and takes uh, assigns somebody to take over your company. Just like that, with the bang of a gavel. That, that's America? This is the justice system? This is the, you know, one third of this government leviathan? One like one branch of the government Leviathan that we are freaking out over shutting down, <laughs> where one guy with the bang of a gavel can just steal your fucking billion dollar business out from underneath of you. I mean, this is wild. So let's dig into these fraudulent charges. I just I don't understand who the victim is here. Like they're they're saying like you know banks, insurance. All these things are affected by it, but it's like, yeah, I, I mean, first of all, these banks and these lenders, they do their own due diligence. They don't just take your word for Like, I can't just walk into a bank and be like, hey, I got this building. It's worth $500 million. Give me a loan against it. And they're just like, oh, okay, you said you said it was $500 million, so we're going to give you the What? And they agreed to, like, they knew what the property was. They can look it up. They can like walk up to the building and look at it. Um, this is insane that this is fraud by you you claiming it's worth something. I mean, who knows what any of these fucking properties are worth? I mean, you you get them assessed for fucking taxes. Those assessments are all talk about fucking fraud. They always inflate those things so you pay higher taxes. So if he is overvaluing the the real estate. Um, then he's paying more in taxes. He's paying more in insurance than he otherwise would to insure it. I, I mean, I, I just don't, maybe I'm missing something here. Where's the, the victim? Uh, he went to the bank to secure a loan, some financing. He said, here's my property. Here's what I think it's worth. The bank can, I guess they could take his word for it. Um, or they can do their own due diligence. They can have it appraised. I think they usually do that. I mean, everything I ever did, I sold my condo, but I had to get it appraised to sell it. I had to get it appraised to buy it. I had to get it appraised for tax purposes constantly. If I took out a, a fucking second mortgage, which I never did, I'm sure I would have had to get it appraised. I mean, you have to get everything appraised. So uh, the idea that just because like, the judge disagrees with his valuation. We'll get into that in a second. The judge disagrees with the valuation. Therefore, you committed fraud. And we're, we're stripping you of your business certificates. You can no longer operate a business in New York where we're going to assign somebody to take over your company. Whoa. That is fucking insane. That is insane. I can't think of a more corrupt uh, system, a, a system that is more ripe for this kind of behavior 
I mean, dude, if they if if they can just find one judge that will bang the gavel, they they can take anything away from you. A billion dollar business, if they can do it to a billionaire, imagine what they can do to you. Imagine what they can do to you. You don't own anything. We you know we have these fucking grandiose thoughts, and and I, I don't even know what <laughs> delusions about what this country is supposed to be what it what it is to be an american that this is a free country uh, the the idea we don't own anything they can just take it from you and they have all of these laws on the books that they can uh, appeal to it, it, it you don't even have to be guilty of of anything in a jury of your peers uh, who's the like he defrauded the state of new york somehow by overvaluing his um his real estate holdings I don't understand how there is a victim here. I mean, yes, he got loans. Maybe he otherwise wouldn't have. I don't know. I don't know. But isn't that between him and the bank? Wouldn't the bank be bringing these fucking charges? Not the state of New York. Like, how has the state of New York been defrauded by this? Um, they got all of the fucking taxes that he ever paid. Um from all of the business that he's done in New York over the years, which I'm sure is millions of dollars in taxes. So if he doesn't get that financing, let's say a Trump organization, you know, goes the way of the dodo bird and it never really gets off the ground. He never gets the the financing he wants because the banks looked at his valuation and said, no, nah, no, nah, it's not worth all that. It's worth this. And this is what we'll give you based on that. And that just wasn't enough to make the company work. And they go out of business 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever. Uh, then the, the state of New York misses out on all of that tax revenue. This, this is just, it, this is the most egregious ruling I have seen. And I don't even know how long. I, I, nothing else comes to mind is how ridiculous this is. That that they can just do this to a person. You have to you have to take a fucking step back here, regardless of how you feel about Donald Trump. Look at what they are doing to somebody because they want to, because they can. This is I, I don't even know if we can like, do we even have a country anymore? This is your judicial system. This is the system that you're supposed to depend on to protect you. They go to a judge, they say fraud, they say, look, he, look, at, look at these crazy valuations. Have you looked at real estate valuations lately? I mean, they're all fucking crazy. They're all insane. Of course, we just went over in the last episode that we're in the biggest housing bubble the fucking world has ever seen. Of course, these valuations are overvalued. Uh, judge, yep, you overvalued them. Boom, it's it's over. Uh, you can't. The judge ruled that he must dissolve all business interests in the state and exit within ten days. And then the judge gets to appoint somebody to take over. By the way, I have no idea how much money Donald Trump makes from his business ventures in the state of New York. I'm guessing it's a lot of money, but who knows? Because, you know, he inflates everything. So probably lied about that too. I'm sure he's such a fraud. But I mean, it sounds like they're doing him a favor. I don't even know if he should fight this. Just be like, all right, yeah, okay, you got me. I'm leaving New York. I'm taking my business elsewhere. Who the fuck wants to be in New York anymore? 
I mean, all of these cities are going down the fucking tubes. But Donald Trump like brought New York back from the brink of of failure back in like the fucking eighties, nineties. Like was it late nineties or something? What was New York's like resurgence? Wasn't he like credited with a lot of that because he's such a tremendous businessman? <laughs> Whatever. But dude, I don't know. I feel like they're doing you a favor here. Probably not that big of a favor because you don't even get to have a say in what happens to the company anymore. It goes into receivership. But man, you should. I would have gotten out of New York a long time ago. He must be making a good amount of money there still. Anyway. It includes the Trump organization itself and numerous LLCs connected to the company, as well as the business certificates of any entity controlled or beneficiary beneficially owned by Donald Trump, his adult sons, the Trump organization's former chief financial officer, Alan Weiselberg, and company executive, Jeffrey McConney. And grant order that within 10 days of the ruling, Trump and the other defendants must provide names of potential independent receiver. Yeah, they're putting it into receivership because, because he inflated the value of the real estate holdings to manage the disillusion of the canceled LLC. So they just cancel everything. And they strip you of your fucking business. The dude, this is just this is madness that this can happen in a, a so-called country. I, I mean, I, this this is banana republic uh to the nth degree. It's insane and the timing of it of course is just perfect, right? Cuz we got all this other stuff going on. And this will distract from all of that. Um, we're going to get to some of that stuff in a minute. But yeah, the uh, this is just an absolutely stunning decision. Liable for fraud, ordered to leave New York, dissolve the company. I mean, forgive me if I don't really see a crime here. All the banks and lenders do their own diligence. They're not just like taking people's word for it. Okay, so they did their due diligence. Due diligence. They clearly agreed with the valuation at the time, and they were willing to lend the money. Donald Trump didn't go in there and put a gun to their head. They made the loan. He paid the loan back. I mean, why is the state even involved in this? So, in in one instant, let's let's dig into these valuations that the judge had a problem with. Okay, um, one of them. I guess uh, Donald Trump said he had a, a 30,000 square foot uh, penthouse somewhere. I don't know if it was in Manhattan, uh, Manhattan penthouse, 30,000 square feet, and it was only 11,000 square feet. Again, like just, I don't know. I don't know what the benefit of that is other than you get the bank to give you more money than they would have, or maybe they give you a lower rate. But the the bank again, they don't just take your word for it. Um, thirty thousand square feet seems like a gigantic penthouse to me. I mean, that just sounds like if you if somebody came out, I got a thirty thousand square foot penthouse. I was like, that no, there's no way that's right. Like, <laughs> recheck your math on that. So that was one uh, that the judge had a big problem with. I think the other one was Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. Okay. Um, I don't know. It doesn't say here. I don't think it says here what Trump was valuing the property at. But the judge determined 
this Judge uh, Engeron, whatever the fuck his name is, determined that, yeah, Engeron, he ruled that it was worth between 18 and 27.6 million. That's what the judge just looked at the, I guess he looked at what Donald Trump said. He said, nope, that's way off. This is worth 18 to 27 million. How he came up with that, it, he cited basic Palm Beach assessor valuations that ranged from 18 to 28 million between 2011 and 2021. Donald Trump paid 10 million for the Mar-a-Lago property in 1985. 1985 was 38 years ago. And apparently, in those 38 years, it's only it's only worth uh, $8 million more than when he bought it. That sounds like the real estate you guys know and love, right? Hasn't even doubled in 30 years? Or have fucking prices doubled in the last three years? Just let, so yeah, he had the, the, tri, the triplex penthouse in Trump Tower. He said was 30,000 square feet when it was closer to 11,000. Okay. He inflated the Trump Mar-a-Lago club by 2,300%. Somewhere in the range, 18 to 28 million by the Palm Beach assessor valuation. Now, I don't know exactly what that is, but it seems a little low. I mean, to give you some perspective, 18 million. I mean, this, if you just do a Zillow search, let's do it right now. Zillow, Florida real estate. Yeah. Okay. Let's do a quick search here real time. Sorry. I'm not doing video. I didn't want to have to do all the video editing and shit. Uh, oh, here's one for 20 million. It's a five bedroom, seven bath, 5,760 square feet. This is in uh, Key Biscayne, Florida. I don't know where that is. Looks like a nice house. Uh, five bedroom, seven baths, 5,760 square feet. Built in 2013. It's got a nice kitchen. It's like a nice place. It's listed for $20 million. Uh, Mar-a-Lago has 128 rooms. It has a 20,000 square foot ballroom, five clay tennis courts, sprawling waterfront pool. And how many acres is it on? Um, 2.3 acres. So a little bigger than 5,000 square feet. 6,000 square feet in, in 2018, in 2018 Forbes, not Donald Trump, not uh, anybody that worked at the Trump organization. So in 2018 Forbes appraised the property at approximately 160 million following extensive renovations and its exclusive Palm beach location on billionaires row. It has a golf course, right? <laughs> so it's like, just the idea that this is worth 18 to 28 million is fucking laughable. Laughable. I was making the joke. It's like uh, on Twitter where it's like, you know, when you ask like your parents or your fucking grandparents, what's some, what they think something should cost. And like your grandpa paid five cents for a fucking bag of pretzels or a Hershey's bar when he was a kid. And so he thinks it should be like a fucking, you know, 35 cents for whatever it is. And it's like seven, 18, $20 or something in today's money. Uh, yeah, this is akin to that. Where have you been during the biggest housing bubble the world has ever seen? 18 to 28 million. I mean, I will put the money together. I'll get financing. I'll buy Mar-a-Lago. 
uh, out of receivership for 18 million. Let's um <laughs> so those are just why don't I just look up the actual property and see what Zillow has for the listing? Could do that as well. Give me just a second here. What's the eleven hundred South Ocean? Okay. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Zillow. So the Zestimate is um $24,150,000. million. So did this judge just look it up on Zillow and be like, nope, this is what it's worth. <laughs> um, where are they getting how do they get a zestimate? It's not on the market. Best estimate of the home market value. That's that can't be right. They have it listed 58 bedrooms, 33 bathrooms, 5,000 square feet. Um, the square footage is certainly wrong. Um, it's got more bedrooms than that from what I was reading. I don't know how accurate these are if it's not on the market. 58 bathrooms, 33 bedrooms, 5,000 square feet, 24 million. Or you can have five bedrooms, six bathrooms, 6,000 square feet for 23 million. You decide. Would you like 53 more bedrooms and 27 more bathrooms? Dude, that'd be so funny if this judge just looked it up on Zillow. Anyway, so it looks like this judge just Googled it, what this estimate was, and just <laughs> apparently that's all you need to do. Get the fuck out of here. This is uh, from the New York Post. They have a, well, he's an anonymous, so take that. Anonymous um, Florida real estate insider said he would list it at $300 million today. Just to put it in perspective, there is a two-acre plot of land, a plot of land. There's no, there's no um, livable structure on the land. It's just trees. Uh, it's about five minutes from Mar-a-Lago. Two-acre plot of land. No ballroom, no tennis courts, no golf course, no mansion, no 128 rooms, no nothing. Two-acre plot of land is on the market. Well, well let me ask you this. What do you think a two-acre plot of land would go for if... Mar-a-Lago was worth 18 to 18 to 28 million. By the way, quite a range. Just a $10 million range, give or take. Okay. Yeah. Oh God. You gotta love this shit. But what would you what would you say if that's let's say, okay, 28 million. We'll give them the highest valuation the judge will allow. Mar-a-Lago, complete after all these renovations, is worth 28 million. The empty lot next door, what do you think that should go for? Okay, have that number in your mind. It's on the market for $150 million. $150 million. Um, in other words, eight times what these fucking what this judge says it's worth. It doesn't say what Trump was valuing it at, but who cares? I, I mean, I come in there with a valuation. The lender does his due diligence. He agrees with the valuation. He doesn't agree with the valuation. Somehow we come to a deal. Isn't that between me and the fucking financial institution that's lending me the money? Why is the government getting involved in this? How has the state of New York been defrauded in this case? Uh, it really is absolutely ridiculous. But the idea that they can just civilly charge you 
um, and have a judge. No trial, no evidence presented, really. Um, judge just says, you know what? Yeah, I don't even think this needs to go to trial. This is just so egregious. Uh, he listed that property at 160 or 300 million, whatever he said it was worth. Uh, it looks like it's more worth uh, 18 million to me. In March, Rush Limbaugh's widow sold. So this isn't even just an asking price. This is sold. This was sold. Long be uh, longtime Palm Beach compound, 2.7 acres, 155 million. In 2013, hedge fund Ken Griffin, hedge uh, yeah, Ken Griffin runs a huge hedge fund. 129.6 million he paid for four parcels of land in the area. Okay, <laughs> overvalued. It's worth uh, it's worth what I say it's worth because I'm a fucking judge and I can do whatever the hell I want. I mean, this is just this is just so ridiculous. Um, I don't know where, dude. The the idea, if let's say everything they say about Donald Trump overvaluing his properties is true, um, this undervaluation is as egregious, and it's just coming down from above. Our wise overlords in Washington, and in this case, New York, he just bangs a gavel, says this is what it is, and steals your company from you. What did Donald Trump said? This is what I think it's worth. Would you give me some money? I need a loan. And the bank said, yes, that's, that's what happened here. It is really unbelievable how fucking, how far they are willing to go with this. I, I mean, this is, this is nonsense, but they got their, they got their headline liable for fraud and that's what they needed. Now, everybody can say Donald Trump, liable for fraud. They'll say convicted of fraud. I guarantee you, you'll start saying convicted of fraud with 91 other counts uh, against him, indicted five times. And they're just, they're just running. All the NPCs are out there, keyboard warriors. Donald Trump's a fraud, 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 fraud. 91 charges, all these indictments. Um, this is just more proof, right? This is all evidence that Donald Trump is literally Hitler, of course. Meanwhile, the things that you're not supposed to be looking at today, James Comer, Comer uh, subpoenaed and obtained two bank wires revealing Hunter Biden received payments originating from Beijing in 2019 when Joe Biden was running for president. Joe Biden's Delaware home is listed as the beneficiary address for both wires from China. I believe the first wire was for 250,000 and then another one for 10,000. These are wire confirmations. These are bank records that were subpoenaed, that were turned over. The same people who are willing to call Donald Trump a fraud, which he is, he is a fraud. But his business dealings in New York, I don't think are guilty of uh, the kind of fraud that we actually consider uh, a fraud to be. People in the real world, that is. The, these same people will tell you that this is not evidence. This does not constitute evidence of any wrongdoing uh, for Joe Biden. Now, just because it lists his house on the paperwork his residence doesn't mean Joe Biden did anything wrong. It was just Hunter Biden. Yeah, the Chinese were just giving Hunter Biden 250000 250K, you know, quarter mil. No big deal. Why? Why is Beijing 
sending a crackhead a quarter million dollars. I, I mean, how much you'll just keep hearing them say, and this is the, the brilliance of propaganda and the evil evilness of the corporate press. You'll just keep hearing them say the same thing over and over again. There's no evidence that the Biden family did anything wrong here. There's no evidence of corruption. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. Donald Trump's a fraud. The courts just ruled on it. He's liable for fraud. Donald Trump's a, a, what, a sexual assaulter or something. He's liable for that too in these other courts. I mean, does anybody really take these courts seriously at this point? When it comes to rulings on Donald Trump, like, of course, they're going to find him guilty of everything. They're setting out to get him. That's the point. Uh, you think any of these fucking cases are going to go before a fucking judge that wouldn't do this? That wouldn't just find him guilty on all accounts, liable on all accounts, without any real evidence to the... I mean, uh, the the rape allegations or sexual assault or something, you had to pay that chick $5 million. It was the most insane story you've ever heard. It was like waltzed into a building and just sexually assaulted her. Nobody saw him come in. Nobody is <laughs> like, okay. Uh, but this, you know, there's no evidence that the the Bidens are, are corrupt at all. You know, Joe Biden just uh, paid, what was his tax return show? He paid like five or $7 million. He's got, he's got, was it 15 LLCs set up? 15 different LLCs? Okay. I mean, if you take, you know, if outside of the, the bank records, um, wire transfers, tr all these transactions, the 20 or 15 or 20, however many LLCs he has set, set up, uh, text messages, emails, photos <laughs> of Joe and Hunter Biden's business partners, voicemails to his son, the business partners saying uh, Joe is the big guy. The two, I think there are two whistleblowers, whistleblower testimony, uh, phone calls, recorded phone calls between Joe Biden and uh, Poroshenko, the video of Joe Biden bragging about firing the Ukrainian prosecutor. And uh, of course, then you have Hunter Biden saying that he gives half of his money to his dad. If you just put all that to the side, there's no evidence here. There's no evidence. I mean, I don't understand what constitutes evidence anymore, apparently. I mean, I guess in order for Joe Biden to be guilty of wrongdoing, he either has to come forward and admit it, or he would have to show the money going into his personal bank account, um, none of the LLCs that he pays himself from uh, to avoid taxes, by the way, his fair share. You know, none of these shell companies or corporations or anything that they set up to take all these payments, nothing like that. It would just have to be like, it would have to say like Joe Biden's checking account. And then it would have to say, you know, $250,000 in. And in the memo, it would have to say political bribe, <laughs> buying political influence. <laughs> like, and even then, there are people that just won't believe it. Or if they do believe it, they won't admit to it. They'll just be like, nope, it's uh, it's the bird box with the movie, you know, with uh, Sandra Bullock has the fucking blindfold on. Nothing to see here. Okay. If you really believe that Joe Biden has never taken a bribe, has never had a quid pro quo, 
a this for that transaction where he uses his political clout, political might in order to uh, get money from people. I've got, I've got a bridge to sell you a bridge over Brooklyn to sell you. I mean, you don't get to Joe Biden is a fucking idiot. Okay. But you don't get to the level of president or vice president or spend, you know, 50 fucking years, whatever it is in Congress without learning how to take your bribes and not get caught doing it. I mean, this Menendez guy talk about a sacrificial lamb. That's all that is. I mean, that's that's obvious. They have to, you know, they have to give this illusion of um, of impartiality. Oh, we're not just going after Republicans for for all of these types of crimes. Look, we'll even go after a Democrat. I, I don't know who Menendez pissed off or what he deserve what he did to deserve to be the sacrificial lamb. But if you think he's the only one that's that's taking these fucking bribes and shit, you're just you have no idea how the world works. And in my opinion, you should not be allowed to vote. <laughs> I really don't want somebody that's that naive, that's that ignorant to have a say in how this country is run. I mean, you do not get to the level that Joe Biden is at, regardless of how dumb you are without figuring out how to shield yourself from these these types of investigations. I mean, there was, what, a uh, hundred and some odd suspicious activity reports? Do you remember when that story came out a couple months ago? 170 suspicious activity reports. <laughs> and they had, I was listening to like this one banker. He's like, yeah, dude, if we get like two or three of those, we do a, a huge investigation. If you're a farmer, and this actually happens to a farmer, it has happened in the past. I remember listening to a farmer on a podcast a long time ago. This is 10, 15 years ago now. Who, you know, these farmers, they go to these farmers markets every weekend, right? And they make, you know, a few thousand dollars maybe if they have a, a nice weekend. And it's all cash, right? Because it's a farmer's market. And so every Monday morning, the farmer goes to the bank and he deposits, you know, $2,500. $1,500, $4,000, depending on how the weekend went, right? He does that over and over and over and over again. And the government comes in and says, this is, uh, this is in violation of um, anti-money laundering, anti laundering acts, uh, money laundering laws. You're, you're, you know, the, the threshold is supposed to be 10000 You have to report that to the IRS, blah, 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 blah. Um, but if you're under the 10000 limit, even if it's just because you're doing normal everyday businesses and this is how you earn your living, it's suspicious. The very fact that you're under the limit over and over and over again proves that you're doing something nefarious. And they'll come in and they'll take your fucking, they'll seize your bank accounts, they'll take your farm from you. I guarantee you, I, I forget exactly um, which farm this, but I guarantee you it was less than 170 suspicious activity reports. Guaranteed. Before they acted. Guaranteed. But when you're, when you're Joe Biden, you're Hunter Biden, yeah, you know, we're just going to, we'll log the activity reports, but we won't act on them. No, no. And we won't even show you um, what, really what uh, the transactions were behind each one. We just know that there were this many flagged. Oh, okay. 
Oh, it really is something, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm not surprised by the level of corruption. I expect this level of corruption. I'm just constantly surprised that people that will not admit it. They'll sit back and be like, no, there's nothing. He didn't do anything wrong. Why are you carrying Joe Biden's water? Why are you carrying water for the Democratic Party? Why are you carrying water for the Republican Party? Why are you carrying water for a party at all? Do you think these politicians care about you? All of these things, and this is uh, another thing I wanted to talk about this uh, this episode this week, because this is the, the last week of September, right? So uh, at the end of this week, if they cannot reach a deal on how to uh, fund the government for the next 30 days, they're going to have to shut down the government. And you get, to, you get to see all of these things that they point to to scare you, right? All of these things that they put in place, right, in order to protect you for your safety, for your benefit. That's what they tell you because they care. Joe Biden just cares about you, cares so much. He cares so much about the United Auto Workers that he joined the picket line with them in, un, in an unprecedented move. The first president to join the picket line in solidarity with the union workers. He's the most pro-union president on the face of the earth. To ever, to ever hold office. Look at how much he cares about the working class. Because according to him, the, the, the unions built the middle class, like this retarded Marxist propaganda, which is just demonstrably false, and I don't have time to really uh, break it down. I've, I'm sure I've broken it down before. <laughs> he cares so much. He just, you know, it just breaks his heart that these United Auto Workers, they're struggling. And so he's going to lace up his boots roll up his sleeves and get on the picket line with you because government cares. If there's one thing we know about politicians who are not frauds at all, they never lie, is that uh, they really care about their constituents. And it shows, right? They put these things in place not because they care about you, but because it gives them leverage. It gives them power over you. First of all, the idea that you need some certificate to do business in the state of New York, what, why? Why do we have all these licensing laws? Oh, well, it's for your protection, right? So you don't get defrauded by these illegitimate businesses, right? We've certified that this is a good business and you can do business with them, right? Um, God forbid, you know, you should get a, a bad haircut or something by somebody who is unlicensed in, in beauty school. We have all of these licenses that you have to apply for. A restaurant, you want to open up a restaurant, you know, God forbid you get a bad meal or maybe even food poisoning. Go to the state, you get your permission, you pay your your fees and whatever, and you get inspected and you can you get your certificate. And that's to protect you. Or is it? Or is it so that when the time comes, like COVID, for example, they can threaten to pull your license. Take it away from you. Take away your livelihood. That's what it's fucking there for. You think the state of New York gives a rip about anybody in New York? I mean, look at what they allow happening to these businesses. For, just during COVID, uh, you're non-essential. We're shutting you down. You can't go into work. 
But now once they open back up, they just let people run fucking rough, rough shot over you. Steal all your shit. Eh, it's only like $1,000. Don't worry, you're insured. They'll let them destroy your businesses and riot. Like, they don't give a shit about you. They want these things in place so that when the time comes, they can take them away from you until you bend a knee. Or when the time comes for a government shutdown, they can threaten you and scare you. Ooh, if the government shuts down, all of these bad things are going to happen. All these things that the government does, they're going to be gone. We we're only doing them because we cared so much about you. But, you know, now that there's a government shutdown, yes, we're still going to send money to Ukraine. We're still going to fund all these million other things that nobody cares about. No American voter cares about or even knows is going on. We're still going to do all that. But your, um, your children are going to lose access to the Head Start program. It's going to force thousands of parents to miss work with no access to this care. Yeah, the Head Start. I mean, I mean to me, these all sound like fucking bonuses. Oh, you know that um, uh, that government school propaganda program where we brainwash your kids from preschool to age eighteen? That's gonna have to shut down. Uh, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose Head Start. You know we really care about these kids. Yeah, sure. You know if there's a little virus going around that doesn't affect any of them at all ever, we're gonna shut it down for a couple of years because we care so much about the children. But now look at this. If these evil Republicans don't pass this continuing resolution to fund the government for 30 more days, your children are going to lose their Head Start program. You don't want children to have a Head Start in life? 1.3 million active duty troops will be forced to work without getting paid under the extreme Republican shutdown. Funding the government is one of the most basic responsibilities, Joe Biden says. <laughs> yeah, and they can't do it, so shut it down. Take a look at what they're threatening you with over this next week. There's going to be lots of, lots of threats, lots of scare tactics. Ooh, if we shut down the government, this is going to go away. If we shut down the government, that's going to go away. Uh, none of those things were put in place because the government cares about you. Because these politicians just, they love children so much that they had to do this for them and for you and uh, for your safety. We put this in place. No. That's not what's going on here. They're in place for two reasons. In the case of licensing and business certificates and all that shit, uh, two reasons. One, businesses that were already established that were grandfathered in don't want competition. That's so they go to their, they petition their government. And when I say petition, I mean bribe. Uh, I mean, they, all of Washington is based off of bribes. They call it lobbying, but it's bribery. These lobbyists, pay millions of dollars to these politicians to make sure their legislation gets crammed in to these bill to these bills the politicians look at it and they're like hey you know uh, first of all i'm going to get millions of dollars second of all i can always get depend on this guy's vote because i'm doing his bidding for him and now i have control over the businesses I get to, they have to come to me and they got to ask my permission. And if they do something I don't like, 
I can threaten to take it away. And if I tell them to do something and they don't do it, I can take, I can fucking strip them of their livelihood. And if they go against the regime, even though Donald Trump didn't really go against the regime, just said things that the regime didn't like, well, we can just take his business from him. Just take that certificate. You can no longer operate your billion-dollar industry in New York because you're a fraud. I mean, the idea that uh, politicians and bureaucrats are going after private sector businessmen for being frauds is incredibly rich. Incredibly rich. Their entire life is a fraud. How do you know a politician's lying? His lips are moving. That's the joke slash um, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> like just think about every presidential campaign, what they talk about versus what they do. <laughs> Bush ran on like not using the military to fucking as the world's police, the nation build. Barack Obama ran on ending these fucking foreign wars. <laughs> he added like five more. Donald Trump was going to build a wall, wasn't he? They're going to build a wall. Mexico's going to pay for it. Going to drain the swamp. <laughs> Joe Biden's the great uniter, though. He's the great uniter. Apparently, the way you unite a company is a political-motivated witch hunt against your next opponent in the following election. Uh, you throw everything at him, including the kitchen sink, trumped-up charges. Charges nobody could possibly care about unless they're attached to the name Donald Trump. And you will go after him for any reason because he's literally Hitler. The level of cognitive dissonance among American voters is really unbelievable. I mean, and uh, particularly on, on the left, it's just, it, it's, uh, I don't even know what the word for it is. To watch them just brush off every single fucking scandalous thing with the Biden administration. Oh, that's a nothing burger. Oh, that's a nothing. Well, there's nothing here. You guys are just blowing this way out of proportion because you don't like Biden. <laughs> just like watching them indict Donald Trump because uh, he paid a hooker who signed a non-disclosure agreement do not talk about the things that she was not supposed to disclose from his own bank account. Okay. That, my friend, uh, is a burger. That's a burger worthy of, uh, uh, what was it, um, 100 and some odd years in prison or whatever it was, if that, all 35 charges um, of the exact same crime over and over and over again. I mean, could you imagine if they had the level of evidence against Donald Trump that they have against Joe Biden right now. They just imagine if they had one-tenth of the evidence, they can't even accuse Donald Trump of these types of crimes because there's nothing there. So, I mean, you get to call him a fraud, but what did he do? He got a loan from a bank. <laughs> you overvalued his assets. Okay. All right. All of these assets are overvalued. That's the whole point. I mean, isn't that what they want? 
the the idea that the government uh, doesn't want these these overvalued real estate prices. I mean, what? That's their stated goal to blow up housing bubbles. Quite literally, the idea behind the the whole housing bubble leading up to two thousand eight and the subsequent one is to artificially suppress interest rates so that you can bid up housing prices. Housing prices continue to go up. Those people that own houses can borrow against those assets and spend the money. You get to borrow against a house that's whose value has been artificially inflated. And Donald Trump does it to get a business loan, uh, to get financing for some business venture that he's going on. And all of a sudden, that makes him a fraud who can no longer do business in the state. We're kicking you out of the state. It's like, wow, dude, I was just doing exactly what you want everybody else to do. Just on a much bigger scale. All right. But if you use these overvalued prices uh, to get a loan from a financial institution, overstate your square footage, oh, that's, uh, that's fraud. That is fraud. And New York takes fraud very seriously. We are going to lock you up and throw away the key and steal your business. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The punishment fits the crime in that one for sure. Now, I, I do remember reading something about him uh, taking advantage of like depreciating his assets more than he was supposed to as well. And that would help you out with like tax burden uh tax liabilities and things like that but i don't see any of that mentioned here it's it's all just about the valuation the overvaluation um when applying for these financing and things like that joe biden oh uh, yeah the uh the auto workers saved the automobile industry in 2008 and they made a lot of sacrifices when car companies were in trouble now those companies are doing incredibly well, and these workers should be too. God damn it. Dude, it's just, there's so much bullshit that you have to cut through. It's almost overwhelming. The auto workers did not save the automobile industry in 2008. The government bailed them out with taxpayer money. They fucked over the bondholders, and they bailed out the fucking automobile industry. The workers saved the automobile industry. How? Uh, what, they just start stroking checks? Is that why they're broke now? Because uh, they they gave GM a couple hundred billion dollars. The What they're asking for, <laughs> I, I just, I find it absolutely hilarious that, so Joe Biden, who thought it was, a, not only thought that the economy was like doing incredibly well, he keeps telling you how fantastic the economy is, doesn't understand why people don't really agree. But he looked at, you know, pretty high levels of unemployment, record high levels of inflation, people struggling, living paycheck to paycheck, things like that. And not only does he say that this, you know, the economy is good, don't believe your, your own eyes or your own life experience, but he branded it Bidenomics. <laughs> he actually branded one of the worst, like, dude, we are so close to financial collapse right now. It's horrifying, but it's also just hilarious that you could be on the precipice of complete disaster, an economy that is is so bad. Go and just, oh, I actually haven't put out that Substack yet. I'm still working on it. But okay, go to the national debt clock. And it's just, it's a sea of red. These numbers are 
absolutely insane. Yeah. That's Bidenomics, right? He brands it. He brands it Bidenomics. But you have all of these unions striking across the country. Why? If, by, if the economy is so great, why are they striking? Why does the president need to join the picket lines? Why are these workers striking if everything's so hunky-dory? <laughs> you can't have it both ways. You just had the, the Hollywood strike. It looks like that. Uh, the screenwriters uh, have approved a deal. And that strike, oh, thank God, you know, uh, we can get back to, uh, you know, taking all the successful movies from my childhood and just uh, switching out the main character for a person of color. Apparently that, I don't know what else Hollywood has been doing lately. Has there been a good movie in the last like fucking 10 years? Like a really good movie? Anyway, you got strikes going on all over the country. You have all of these people saying, oh, you know, Americans are struggling. They're living paycheck to paycheck. They can't afford this. They can't afford that. You know, and they should be able to do that. And they need a living wage and blah, 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 all this shit. Okay. Well, what about what happened to Bidenomics? I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was working. Which is it? Why does the president have to join a picket line if everything is going so well? Then you look at, uh, at, you look at the demands of the United Auto Workers. And, and Joe Biden is just such a fucking buffoon, dude. He's just going to agree with whatever the cause is, right? Because he's the most pro-union president. Okay. Um, why do you think all of these politicians, just a quick aside before we get into their demands, why is every politician obsessed with the middle class and poor people? Why do they all get like Republicans and Democrats? They're always just like, I'm for the middle class. I'm one of you. They're rolling up their fucking sleeve. You know, I'm one of you guys. I know what it's like to struggle. <laughs> Joe Biden always talks about how he's from this humble middle class, lower middle class family, whatever. Why is every politician out there campaigning for the middle class, for poor people? Why do you think that is? Is it because there are more of them than the rich people that fund their campaigns? It's like, dude, how do you guys not see how this works? Okay. Rich people get the president elected, right? They fund his campaign. And I'm sure behind, I don't know if this is spoken behind closed doors, but it's certainly understood between the rich and powerful and the politicians. Like, look, I'm going to give you this money. You're going to do me some favors when I need stuff done. Okay. And the politician's like, yeah, no problem. Just don't listen to anything I say. I'm going to have to go out there and like pander to these fucking idiots, these poor working class schlubs. I'm going to tell them that I'm doing this for them and that I'm those pro this, pro that. And I'm, I'm here to help you. I'm going to stick it to the rich. Right. Okay. Um, never happened. But yeah, th that's the game. All of the votes are in the middle class and the poor people. So they promise, they campaign, they say everything the poor and the middle class want to hear while they're taking money from the millionaires and the billionaires. And you wonder why the poor of the middle class is hurting constantly because they're governing based on who gives them the money, not the vote. It's really fucking simple. They need your vote. They're going to tell you what they want to hear. 
They're frauds, after all. Much worse than the, the Donald Trump. I mean, at least with Trump's fraud, you didn't have to do anything. Nobody forced these banks to give him a loan. Nobody forced the financial institution to give him financing for anything. Nobody forced you to go to Trump a University or buy Trump steaks or any of his other ridiculous business ventures where he made outrageous claims. Nobody put a gun to your head. But that is exactly what the fucking government does every second of every day. The gun is at your head. They have the legalized monopoly on the use of force. And boy, do they like to use it. But their fraud. Uh, once they're in office, there's nothing you can do to stop them. I, I mean, how many episodes is it, it's every week? It's like executive order, this executive order. Go listen to the the last episode uh, Justin and I did, where the president just uh, put out a memo that the Secretary of State can fucking I think it was the Secretary of State can just send a couple hundred million dollars to Ukraine because I said so on a memo. All these executive orders, they do whatever the fuck they want. They lied to you to get elected. There's the fraud. But once they are elected, you're powerless. And even if, it, even if you didn't vote, you're still subject to the power that other fucking idiots gave to them. So I will, like everything else, I will take my fraud in the private sector, please. Let the private sector do the fraud. I can at least avoid it somehow that way. Like, I didn't have to give Bernie Madoff my money. I have to give the government my money. If I don't, They'll throw me in a fucking cage. And either way, I have no say. Like other people can just vote these idiots in and support them no matter what. And I'm still subject to their rule. So there's really nothing you can do. Anyway, that, that's how government works in a nutshell. The, so the, <laughs> the demands of the United Autos Auto Worker Unions, which Joe Biden is in complete agreement with, says they deserve. They're asking for a 40% pay increase and a 32-hour work week. Those are the big – there are other things in there. I mean there's a lot of demands. I think a lot of them have to do with um, you know, hiring part-time employees because this is what happens when these fucking unions get outrageous hourly salaries. These companies bring in part-time workers instead of these full-time unionized uh, people to do a lot of the jobs. And so they're, they're trying to put uh, safeguards in place to avoid that. But the big two demands are, we only want to work 32 hours a week and we want a 40% pay increase. So a 40% pay increase. So if, if these demands are met and they give them a 40% increase, the average hourly wage for union members would be a hundred and one hundred and thirty-six dollars an hour. A hundred and thirty-six dollars an hour. Detroit automaker unionized labor um, wages and benefits are estimated at an average of sixty-six an hour. At Tesla, it's forty-five an hour, and they're not unionized. Asian automakers, it's fifty-five dollars an hour. If they, <laughs> these fucking demands are outrageous. I, dude, the idea of getting a forty percent raise is something that only Congress can give themselves. I mean, what did they, they only gave themselves like 20% or something. It's between 20 and 30%. I think they, they just, uh, they just said that they deserved. And so they gave it to themselves. Uh, but this would give them $136 an hour for the average auto worker. 
Now, I have a calculator here. It's the um, hourly to salary calculator. So you put in $136 an hour. They want to work 32 hours a week. And what it, we'll say they get, I don't know how much vacation time. They'll say they get two weeks vacation a year. But 50, say they work 50 weeks out of the year. Calculate that. The annual salary is $217,600 annual salary for the average auto worker. That's eighteen, a little over $18,000 a month, $4,000 a week, uh, 380% of the U.S. median salary. That's what the auto workers are demanding. That's what Joe Biden is in favor of on the picket line. I mean, forget the fact that just a, a little over, was it a year ago? I don't even think it was a year ago. A little less than a year ago, he stripped the rail worker union of their ability to strike because he's pro-union, obviously. <laughs> so he's, he's out there giving these mumbling speeches at the, at the pickup, picket line, which looks very active, by the way. There's all of, uh, I don't know, dozen people there. <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny. Is this the actual, did they just stage uh, a photo op or is this the actual, oh, no, this chick says she's at, she's at outside the Ford assembly plant in Wayne, Michigan, awaiting Biden's appearance. All right. All yeah. He's, she's out there with another man, a dozen people. Okay. <laughs> Great turnout for, for Joe Biden. But they ask him, do, do they deserve the 40%? Yes, of course they do. He said, of course, without even hesitating. Yes. They deserve to make $215,000, $217,000 a year. Let's say they get the 40% the pay increase, but they also have to work 40 hours a week. Calculate that. Now they're making $272,000 an hour, uh, a, a year. $22,666 a month. Yeah. For the people on the assembly line putting cars together, they should be making a quarter million dollars a year. I mean, after all, Hunter Biden gets that for like fucking just taking a phone call from the Chinese. Why shouldn't they get it? They're building the cars. <laughs> you ask these other uh, retarded Marxists, people who build the cars should be able to afford the cars. There's some nice sing-songy juvenile crap <laughs> I love I love these fucking idiots these economic illiterates no sense of how an economy grows of how a business is run nothing like that but these people they get out there they have the they have the mentality of a 5 year old it, I don't have kids at least not that I know of but if I had a 5 year old and they were speaking on the, you know, on this subject. Let's just say it came up. Me and my five-year-old are talking about it. And my five-year-old said, I think the people that build the cars should be able to afford the cars. Like, yeah, you know, that that makes sense to a fucking five-year-old. How about the people that build the the jets? How about the the guys that built that? What was the one that we just lost? Cost $80 million. Who built that? How much were they paid? Are they able to afford an $80 million jet or a yacht? You know, these fucking super yachts that you see out there that cost, you know, I don't know, five times the price of Donald Trump's appraised Mar-a-Lago. 
150, 100, 100 million, <laughs> 150 million, 200 million people that built that. People who build the yachts should be afford should be able to afford to buy the yachts. There you go. That's the extent of their knowledge on the subject. A forty percent compensation <laughs> would. Uh, they're comparing it to what the CEOs made. Yes, the CEOs are overpaid. We get it. Um, all a function of the Federal Reserve monetary policy, by the way. And hey, uh, maybe don't bail them out. How about that? How about the government doesn't steal more money from the fucking taxpayers and give it to GM to overpay their CEOs? Just a thought. Just a fucking thought. Could you imagine what the price of your car would, would be if one of these unionized workers, all these unionized workers were making an average of 200 grand a year? Do you think anybody's going to be employed at that rate? I mean, like at that point, to just agree to the deal. They should just agree to it. Agree to it. Fire everybody. Retool. We have fucking AI now. There's just no, you can, you hire one person to do the job of like 50 people. And he just has to go in there and make sure all the machines are doing everything correctly. So yes, one person will make the 250 grand a year and then the 40 other people will be unemployed. That's where this is going. All of these jobs are going to be automated out of existence, 100%. Um, th these unionized workers are so fucking short-sighted. It's unbelievable. You have no idea what's coming. No idea. The, the idea that they're, they're asking for a 40% pay increase they should be more concerned about job security than getting one or two more huge paychecks out of these people. They're, they're going to be massive layoffs and probably massive bailouts coming uh, to prevent said layouts, layoffs. And then the national debt will just keep going up and up and up. I mean, the, the whole thing's a fucking disaster. I'm going to get into it. Check out the sub stack. I, I've already put out two parts. It's just sort of laying the, the foundation for the third which um, is, is more about the, uh, the current state of the economy. But uh, this, is, this is quite something. Joe Biden, you know, it's just, man, he, does he, re he really just does care about the average union worker. Joe Sixpack just goes into work, punches the clock, goes home, drinks some beer, watches some football. That's who Joe Biden's fighting for. How, you know how easy it is to go... <laughs> To go for a fucking virtue signal point photo op. Joe Biden doesn't have to buy any more fucking cars. Joe Biden doesn't have to pay any of their salaries. Joe Biden is getting millions of dollars from wielding political power overseas. He's set. The big guy is all set. Yeah, you know how easy it is to just go? The liberal media is just so fucking despicable. They're like, oh my God, the, the, if you read the headlines, you know, they all take their fucking marching orders and they, we've all seen the clips of them saying the exact same thing. Uh, what a historic day for the first president to join a picket line. He's a hero. Yeah, the, at the corner of Stunning and Brave stands this guy promising, well, not promising, advocating for other people to pay you a lot more money. That is what is one of the most frustrating things about these politicians. They are so quick to promise other people's money to you. 
and then pat themselves on the back. Joe Biden is taking this, this, you know, got chest out, this victory lap. He's a man of the people. Look how much he cares. You see him stroking any checks. You see him opening up a car factory, hiring a bunch of people, paying them 200 and fucking 20 grand a year to assemble things. You think there's going to be a fucking factory in this country if they let this deal go through? It would all be shipped overseas or all automated. Those are your two choices. You can be employed at what whatever you're making now, 50 bucks an hour, like 60 bucks an hour. What was it? $66 an hour in Detroit is the average. Jesus. I mean, that's a pretty, how can you complain about making that? You're making six figures as a fucking auto worker in Detroit where they were, weren't they selling houses in Detroit for like 10 grand? You're making 230% the U.S. median salary and you're asking for 40% more. Get fucked. Get fucked. But what's really aggravating is to watch these politicians go out there. They're going to fight for you. They're going to fight so hard so that somebody else has to pay you their money. They're not going to do anything themselves. No, no. Uh-uh. But they will advocate that somebody else does something for you. Absolutely. None of them ever fucking stroke a check. None of them ever start a business. Anytime they actually do hire somebody like Bernie Sanders or even Nina Turner, they aren't promising a living wage. They aren't even promising the 15 bucks an hour that they're advocating for. These people are, are the real frauds. They are worse frauds than anybody in the private. I'm not denying that there's fraud in the private sector. Of course there is. There's always going to be fraud, but at least it's avoidable. These people are unavoidable. They've got control over everything. They can take your business from you if they want to. They can take your house from you if you want if they want to. They can lock you in a fucking cage for as long as they want to, whenever they want to. All they have to do is say it was an insurrection. It is a very fucking crazy time to be alive. That's all I can say. Um, and I think I've gone way over time here. I've just been sort of rambling. I don't know if that was everything I was supposed to get to or not, but those were the kind of the big things. The bullshit government shutdown, United Auto Workers, um, Joe Biden's, well, his house being listed. on. The, I don't really care what address they put um on these on these things but the fact that they're they they have the wire well like, okay what was the wire for how about that what was the 250 g's for you're sending to a fucking so joe biden had no knowledge of it of course it's, yeah okay um I'm, I'm just gonna tell you if somebody anybody legitimately sent me a wire for 250 grand it would come up in a conversation with me and my old man I would be like, hey, you know, I just made 250 grand. Oh, doing what? Oh, well, you know, this, that, and the other thing. For sure. When you make a quarter million, a quarter million dollars, you tell your dad about it. Just be, when you talk to him on the phone. Hey, how's it going? Good. I just made 250 G's. <laughs> the idea that they would not talk. Uh, no, okay. I'm just, I'm going to start rambling again for another hour at how ridiculous this all is. But yeah, that, uh, the Trump fraud thing is just wild, man. There is, uh, that clearly there's just nothing they are unwilling to do. 
at this point. Uh, the the gloves are have long come off, but the idea that this judge can just bang a fucking gavel and say, "Yeah, I'm taking your company," with not like with nothing, no trial, no way. Okay, yeah. Um, this this sounds like a system worth keeping open. Yeah. So God forbid there'd be a government shutdown where um, all the things that we hate keep going on. A couple of the things maybe you're taking advantage of. I'm sure you don't love it, but it's there. So you take advantage of it. You're being taxed for it. So you use it. Um, those will go away. <laughs> but yeah, from my perspective, it's all bad. Shut it all down. I think that's probably where we're headed by the end of this week. And of course, it, it'll be uh, the end of the world. Where would we be without the government? Um, you know, your kid's not going to be at Head Start and all these uh, service members over who, by the way, they really care about the military personnel. You know, not not so much. They won't just <laughs> fucking send them into these bullshit wars for no reason other than to fucking enrich themselves and on their way on their way to uh, world domination. And <laughs> don't really feel like taking care of them once they come back here. They don't have the best health care. They're killing themselves like 25 of them a day or something like that. But now they're they're concerned that they might have to work without getting paid for a few days. Or, you know, um, you could actually shut it down and bring them all home. How about that? No, no, I can't do that. Too dangerous to our democracy. So um, a lot of crazy stuff going on this week. Uh, hopefully, Justin will be able to make it work on Friday. So uh, we'll do our do our live episode then. And uh, that's yeah, that's all I got. So thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like this episode, if you've been getting some value out of the podcast, do me a favor and share the episode with somebody. Share with two people. OK, just send it to two people. Be like, hey, check this guy out. He's got the uh, the most shadow banned podcast on the face of the earth. I need, I need some uh, some help here circulating these things. I'm I'm working on getting some clips out there. Video editing takes a lot of time, and it's just. Uh, but I will get some more shareable clips out there on the interwebs. But until then, just share the the whole show with somebody and um, see if we can get these numbers up a little bit. So okay, do that for me, and I'll be back on Friday with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you know what to do. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.